Welcome to the Embracing You podcast with your host, Eric Pothen. We are all on our own unique journey to discovering ourselves. Each episode, I will help you navigate the journey within to reconnect with and discover the innate love you have for yourself. This podcast will cover topics from self-love to eating disorders and body image to mental health and to overall well-being. My goal is to help you honor and embrace yourself so you may live your most authentic life. Let's dive in. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Embracing You podcast. I am officially back from my trip to Scandinavia, and I am just about over the jet lag that I was experiencing earlier this week. Um... It was truly, truly, truly an incredible trip, and I still find myself in awe um, and, most importantly, gratitude for the entire trip and experience itself. Last week, I shared my eating disorder story with you all and tried to tell it to you through the lenses of vulnerability and surrendering. This week, we are going to focus on a topic that may seem quite simple on the surface, but is actually complex once we talk about what we can do with it. And the topic we are going to talk about this week is self-awareness. Like I just said, the concept of self-awareness is quite simple, but as I sit here before you all today... I'm going to be honest and admit that I even had a hard time coming up with a definition of self-awareness. I want you to take a second here to think about how you would define self-awareness. In its simplest form, we could say that self-awareness is your ability to be aware of yourself. Okay, well, this definition is quite bland, and I don't think it truly touches on the concept of self-awareness enough. The more I sat with this term, here's the definition that I was able to come up with. Self-awareness is the ability to recognize and name the physical and emotional responses to the human experience. When I was first thinking about how I would define this, I really wanted to say... Self-awareness is the ability to recognize and name the physical and emotional responses to the present moment. But I found that that really limited our ability to truly be self-aware. We can be self-aware when we reflect on the past experiences too. I also want to take a second here to also mention that I chose to say that self-awareness is the ability to both recognize and name the physical and emotional responses. One of my biggest areas of growth and things that I find myself most proud of in my own personal journey of self-growth is my ability to be self-aware. And for me, I notice that I typically have a physiological response first to a certain stimuli, and then I have an emotional response. In the past, I got in the bad habit of feeling these things, and then I often responded to whatever quite impulsively. I didn't take the time to actually pause 
and to recognize and name what I was truly feeling. I recently watched a part of Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart docuseries. And as I'm talking, a lot of what I'm talking about reminds me of one of her main messages that she hits home frequently in this series. And it's that the more you are able to stop, feel, recognize, and name whatever emotion you are feeling in the moment, the better you are able to respond to whatever it is in that moment. Sometimes it's incredibly hard to accurately name the emotion you're feeling in the moment. For me, though, I really like to rely on what I am physically feeling in my body when I have an emotional response to something. For me, I've learned that when I'm anxious, I typically have a tight chest, shallow breathing, a pit in my stomach, and sometimes I can even feel lightheaded. Now, there are also moments where I feel some of these physical sensations, but they feel slightly different. And when it feels slightly different, it requires me to sit with the emotion and physical sensations a little longer and dig a little deeper to identify what it is that I'm actually feeling. I'm not going to dig too much deeper into this concept of accurately naming the emotion that you're feeling, but if you're wanting to learn more about this, I would highly, highly, highly recommend that you take the time to watch Brene Brown's docu-series or read her book called Atlas of the Heart. One thing that stood out to me in the docu-series was how she had mentioned that there are subtle nuances to emotions that we could classify as similar, but when analyzed on a deeper level can mean two different things. And the difference between the two in which emotion we choose to feel can affect the way we respond to whatever it is in the moment. For example, one thing she talks about is the difference between envy and jealousy. She says that envy materializes when one wants something somebody else has, whether it be looks, status, and wealth are the big trio, while jealousy is the feeling that a relationship is being threatened. Take a second to sit with that. Isn't that incredible to think about? That how when we look at these emotions through a more intentional lens, that it can provide us information about what we are currently experiencing? Before I went into my Brene Brown dialogue, I briefly mentioned that I used to respond impulsively and still do from time to time when I choose to not be self-aware in the moment. And typically, the outcome is not as desirable when I choose to respond from that place of impulsivity. I'm a big believer in therapy and think that everyone should see a therapist, no matter if you're going through something big in life or not. But one of the things that I've really grown in my ability to do through going to therapy is the ability to be self-aware and to name emotions as they arise and to welcome them a little more instead of being afraid of them. Because when I can name the emotion, I'm able to ground myself a little more. Now, an emotion I still have a hard time working with is anxiety. 
And when I become anxious, I become hyper aware of everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. My mind creates endless stories of what is going on in the moment or tries to anticipate what is to come. I notice the smallest things from people's body cues to their tone of voice to punctuation in text messages. The list goes on. And I ruminate and I try to make sense of what is going on. To put it plain and simple, I overthink and I overanalyze. And when I overthink and overanalyze, I get in my head and become mentally exhausted. And it's like I'm seeing what it is in front of me through a different lens or filter. And it's hard to be fully present in my body when that happens because I lack any sense of self-awareness in this state. My anxiety has the ability to transform me into a different person when I'm in that heightened state. A favorite quote of mine that has also been helpful for me to remember in these moments is, stop overthinking life like you have to have an answer to every feeling or situation. One thing I'm starting to realize now is that me even recognizing how my anxiety can show up shows my ability to be self-aware. Sure, there have been moments where my anxiety has consumed me and things maybe didn't pan out the way I wanted them to, but here I am now reflecting on some of these experiences and identifying patterns that I've seen play out for me. I've done a lot of personal work to be able to minimize and navigate the voices in my head to articulate and more clearly see what may be going on and to be more self-aware. Something that has been particularly helpful for me is to personify the thoughts that arise, and this is something that I've learned in therapy. For example, if I notice a thought comes up, I think to myself, is this my own voice that's currently speaking? Or is this anxiety speaking? For me, I personify my eating disorder thoughts as Carol. So when moments come up that Carol is loud, I'm better able to recognize that those are her thoughts that are trying to wreak havoc on my own mind and that those thoughts aren't mine. The awareness component of recognizing that this isn't my own voice has been incredibly helpful for me to navigate the present moment when I find myself getting worked up, and I'm able to recognize and name the physical emotional responses I am truly having, not what my anxiety is wanting me to have. I remember making a point in a previous episode that the mind tries to protect us too much. In some emotions like anxiety, like to try and trick us and that will want us to believe that voice that is active in our minds. And that overthinking and overanalyzing will help you feel better. But I'm here to tell you, it doesn't. In this case, the best thing to do is to actually not let the mind protect you in those moments of high anxiety. Because these strong emotions can lead you astray and blur what is truly in front of you. Once again, we need to be able to sit with the discomfort of these emotions and what they can bring us. 
because when we can build up our tolerance to these distressful emotions, they begin to lose their power over us. And we are the ones that come out on top, not those emotions. Okay, so I think I've spent a decent amount of time now chatting about how we can learn to become more self-aware. To stop, pause, and notice what is coming up both physically and emotionally. And that requires us to tune into our bodies and our minds and to tune out the extra noise that may be present. For me, in the early part of my journey of self-growth, I was content with just being self-aware and that I also felt proud of myself for my ability to notice more about myself and my emotions. But little did I know that in order for me to continue to grow and evolve as a human being, being just self-aware wasn't enough and that it would require another step from me. And this next step was and is choosing how to use that self-awareness to propel me forward in the moment. Once I'm able to be self-aware, I have the emotion named and have recognized how my body is responding to the moment and what it is choosing to tell me. I think that this is an incredibly pivotal moment we are now in. The next steps we choose to take are the most important ones we can take after we first recognize our self-awareness. It is how we respond to the self-awareness that is the important thing to think about here. Once we become more informed with how we truly feel about what we are experiencing, we can respond proactively and not reactively. And when we respond from a place of proactiveness, we are setting ourselves up for a greater chance of success than if we were to respond from that place of reactivity. I'm sure you're probably starting to wonder now, okay, well, why are we talking about self-awareness and how will that help me on my own personal journey? And that's a legitimate question to ask yourself and I'd be asking myself the same thing if I were listening. Well, one benefit of becoming more self-aware is that you will be responding to the moment from a place of authenticity you'll be able to filter out some of the extra noise that your mind may be creating and respond in a way that speaks to your character more and in a way that aligns more with your values. You'll be able to respond from a place of being you. And I believe that when we can own our response to what we are experiencing, it allows for a greater opening when we choose to surrender and be vulnerable to others and that moment. A greater opening allows for more growth to occur when we are in moments that challenge us. Another benefit of becoming more self-aware is the ability to empathize with yourself and others. Yes, you can empathize with yourself. I know it may seem strange, but you can. I also like to think of this as granting yourself grace in a way. And when you hear me say be gentle, I also think that it requires you to be self-aware enough to the point where you can identify what you need to be gentle with yourself for. 
We need to be aware ourselves before we can then be aware of others' emotional and physical responses to their experiences. Because once we have lived in our bodies and have given ourselves the time and space to become intimate with ourselves and emotions and experiencing them, then we can begin to listen and hear others' stories and responses through a new lens. A lens that allows us to understand them a little better, to offer more love and compassion towards them, to offer more encouragement towards them. And the best thing about it all is that us empathizing with other human beings comes from a place of authenticity. But in order to be present and to present ourselves in this world as an authentic human being, we need to be able to be self-aware of how we carry ourselves in this world and be proud of the human being living inside of this body and being aware of what we bring and offer to this world. You'll see that as we continue moving forward on our journey, a lot of the topics covered will require things we have addressed in previous episodes. Diving into this space of self-awareness can be a little terrifying, and it requires us to be vulnerable with ourselves and others, and it requires us to surrender to our own personal experiences as they happen. There might be moments where you choose to respond reactively, and that's okay. There also might be moments where you make the conscious decision to stop in the moment when you become self-aware and notice the physiological and emotional responses you have to something, and then process things a little bit before you move forward. And that's great. I believe being self-aware is one of the greatest tools you can have as you do any sort of self-work because you need to be the one to notice and identify things that happen within your body and mind because you are the one that is living in it and you are the one that is living your own life. Well, I hope this episode served you in some capacity and that it prompted some thinking or even made you think about where you are at with your own ability to be self-aware. I am really excited about the next episode that I have in store for you all, and it will be the first episode of the Embracing You podcast that will feature another guest and I think that you will not want to miss out on this next one. Until next time, be gentle, take care of yourselves, pause and reflect, offer yourself some love and compassion, and most importantly, remember that you are beautiful and worthy. Much love.